Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Summer in the Psalms podcast. My name is Cody Rogers. I'm Regent Erickson. And I'm Hannah Erickson. And this podcast all summer long has been about what uh, the Coramdeo College ministry is going through um, throughout the summer, and that has been different psalms. Mm-hmm. That's That's been our, our Bible study, at least, is going through the psalms. Uh, but actually, the podcast has been dedicated to topics around the psalms, different questions that arise based on our reading of them, the structure of the Psalms, the theology of them, the, the, theo- the things they might present to us and how we should go about interpreting those. I've had a lot of it. Um, but unfortunately, sadly, unfortunately, I don't know what word to oh, use, yeah. but this is the end. This is the end of the Summer in the Psalms for us. Mm. This is the final recording um, before we move on to the fall. And I mean, not theologically the fall, <laughs> but you know, like the season, the fall. You say that kind of ominously, though. Like the fall coming is like a yeah. scary, big thing. It's it's different, you know. It's yeah. it's a whole, you know, for many of you listening, it's it's busier, it's uh, more consistent, which is good for mm-hmm. the most part. But it also means it's got like a daily grind to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this this is the last episode. We've been sort of pitching this the entire summer that this is supposed to be a Q and A episode. We've received some questions. We didn't receive as many as I, I thought we would because I feel like a lot of the questions were answered throughout the Bible study, mm-hmm. you know, where there might be an immediate question brought up and we would sort of handle it then. But we do have a few overarching ones that people have submitted. Um, and, and so before we get into those today, I uh, am just going to mention a few things. One, I want to go back to the caveat of the of. Uh, what we had mentioned a couple podcasts ago, and that is we are not experts. This is not meant for you to ask somebody who has studied this immensely. This is meant for you to be able to hear other people uh, have a conversation about a certain question, maybe try to find it or look for resources. Um, Yeah, we've studied some of it. We've been walking with the Lord for a while. We value and and treasure a deep study of God's word. Uh, but we by no means are experts on any of these topics. So I just want to clearly say that again, we are not claiming to be experts. We're just claiming to be three people that are seeking after God and trying to struggle with these questions just like you are. Um, besides that, I just do I do want to mention that be, this is the end of this podcast, but we are starting another one up. It'll happen in a couple weeks because next week we're in Mexico. Um, well, I'm in Mexico, I guess. Yeah. The the college uh, missions trip is happening in Mexico. Um, but after that, we're going to get together and we're going to record um, the new podcast called Centered, Committed, Confident. And it's going to be a, a podcast on those three things, resources and discussions and uh, topics that help you center your life on Christ, commit yourself to discipleship and become more confident in the word of God. That's all we have for now. We don't have any anything else planned, but that's what we're committing to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, I think that's about it as far as announcements for the podcast go. So, Regent, what are we what are we doing today? Where do we want to start? Oh, goodness. Where do we want to start? Any, I mean, we've got some questions. A lot of them are centered around prayer. Um, well, there's, I mean, I, I kind of see two big ones. Um, so I guess let's just start with the question, why do we pray to a sovereign God? Yeah, just just a light topic. Just a light topic. Just yeah. a light topic. So I guess one second before we answer that, just to make it clear, what we mean by that question is the, like the word sovereign um, is the idea that the Lord knows all and has planned everything, has control over it. So it's 
this idea that like if, if God has control and he's, he's set this all in motion, why does it matter if we pray to him or not? Yeah, I, I like to start with the basic answers. Um, and one would be because uh, my Lord, my Savior, my teacher, uh, my discipler, Jesus, he, he modeled that, mm -hmm. right? Praying to the Father for things, uh, specific things. I remember in the Gospel of John, like he specifically prays for us, and that's recorded that way, of, of his, I think it's called the High Priestly Prayer. I can't remember what chapter it's in right off the top of my head, but... John 17? Uh, may, maybe. I mean, duh, I guess we have Bibles oh, in yeah. front of us. I guess, I can, <laughs> I guess we could pull it up. Um, but there's a High Priestly Prayer there. Uh, Jesus taught us to pray in the Lord's Prayer, right? Our Father who is yeah. in heaven, hallowed be your name. Um, going through all of that. So I like to start with the basic answer because... Yeah, if, John 17. John 17. Great job. Um, and I just want to say, if that's not enough for you, like spiritually, if it's not enough that Jesus taught us to do it, uh, we, we can't go any further than that. Mm -hmm. You know, that, and I want that to be the most important thing is because the one who has saved us and redeemed us and purchased us uh, has modeled that for us. Yeah, I, I came across a quote by R.C. Sproul's. Uh, it was an article of an expert, uh, excerpt, not an expert, um, from R.C. Sproul's booklet, booklet, Does Prayer Change Things? Um, and I thought it was incredible. It's like It says, no human being has ever had a more profound understanding of divine sovereignty than Jesus. No mm -hmm. man ever prayed more fiercely or more effectively. Mm. And I was like, That's so good because I mean Jesus fully understood the sovereignty of God. So if you're struggling with why we can or should pray to a sovereign God, I mean Jesus, like Cody was saying, I mean he did it and he he understood more better than any of us ever will. Yeah, and he continually modeled it. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many times does it say in Scripture that he went away to a desolate place to pray? Yeah, yeah. I think on top of that too. Um, think about what prayer does is it also turns our heart to God and it um, shows our dependency on God. It's a way that we remind ourselves that we need God. Like we are completely dependent humans. Um, it also changes our own hearts when we, like it talks about in the Bible, praying for our enemies and part of that just to help soften our own hearts towards them. And so prayer does do amazing things in our hearts as we center ourselves more on God. And as um, our hearts are softened or even um, our passion for things grows and develops whenever we spend time in prayer for it. Um, I also feel like, uh, is there any more on that particular answer before I Let's keep going. evolve the question a little yeah. bit? I feel like the, the question, and I, I can't remember the exact context it was asked, but it almost implies something else because it, it feels like it's almost asking what's the point, mm -hmm. right? If, if God is sovereign, if he's in control of all things, what's the point of asking him for things, mm -hmm. right? Do you, do you agree with that? That's where I wanted to take this. Okay. And, and I think one of the things that comes, sticks out to me first to like kind of address that is if the, if the question is why, you know, why pray? Because he's already got everything figured out. It kind of um, simplifies prayer in a way, makes it like one dimensional in a way that it's not. Um, kind of asking that question assumes that it's defined simply as like supplication or intercession, um, which is just kind of asking and receiving. Um, but like 
prayer is so much more than that. And mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus on the cross tore the veil. It says that in the gospels, like at his death, the veil tore to the Holy of Holies. And that was extremely significant because that was the, like the unique special presence of God for Israel, where they could go and be in his presence. Um, but only the high priest could do that once a year. And at his death and resurrection, he opened that place was opened, and as we learn later in, in the uh, scriptures, that when we receive the Holy Spirit at salvation, we have that unique, special presence of God with us, and we, we get to interact with him through prayer. And so it's so much more. It's more intimate, more personal, um, more relational than we often make it ourselves. Hmm. And I think that's what we so often do as sinful humans, that we love to make things about us. And so whenever prayer is all about receiving, it's making it very us-centered versus realizing that prayer is about so much more than just us. It's about our relationship with God. It's about the fact that Christ is interceding on our behalf. And why wouldn't we want to interact and have conversation with the creator of the universe? Um, But we tend to keep our eyes focused on I want what I want, and I want to pray in order to receive those things. Great. Um, Let me summarize real quick where we are so far in our answer. Um, Why pray to a sovereign God is the question. The first thing we said is because because Jesus, Mm -hmm. because Jesus did it, he modeled it, um, he encouraged it, he practiced it. Uh, And the second one is because prayer is not about the results that you receive, it's about um, who you're praying to. Is that mm-hmm. is that what we're saying? Yeah. yeah. That there's there's an end goal to prayer, and that end goal is not for you to have something answered necessarily. Yeah, I, I would agree with the statement. Okay, so that's two points so far. Is there any more to make on that? I have a question to kind of add on to that um, that I could see someone going stepping to. Yeah. Um, and the, the question is like, does prayer do anything then? So like, mm-hmm. I would I would say it is. 100% okay, and you should go to the Lord to ask him for things, like it, it, to pray for, I don't know, things that in your life, hard things in your life. That is good. You know, it doesn't just have to be this relational interaction, like that is a relational interaction, but does that actually do anything? Yeah, here's where we're going to get into the deep theology mm-hmm. of it, the things that um, even amongst um, even amongst those that believe in all the, the like the big rocks, right? This is where people are going to start splitting hairs a little bit. Um, but I think the a good way to answer that, or at least the way that I've been able to wrap my mind around it, is um, God is completely sovereign, right? So he's in control of all things. He's all powerful. He's all knowing. Um, essentially, we wrap that up where there's literally nothing impossible for him. And I don't think it's far-fetched to believe that our God is so powerful and so all-knowing that he is able to incorporate his will and desire for all things, um, or to have that and to incorporate our desire for things to be had too. And, and I think he's all-powerful enough to be able to say, like, this is going to happen, and part of this happening is because this person's praying for it, and that mm-hmm. it can be a sincere reaction to what we are doing, but also completely in the will of God. And, and I don't just mean like the will, like he likes it or wants to do it. I mean in the will of like what he planned to do from the beginning as he brings creation to the end. Um, he's got that will, that plan, and that plan already includes the things that we are, are going to pray for and are praying for. And so they, they like, I don't know what the actual theological term is, but 
they, they come together, right? They mm. come alongside each other um, to where our desire when we're praying for the Lord's will, but we're sincerely praying for something, is worked in God's plan in a way that it is going to be accomplished. And part of that is because we prayed for it, but also because it's completely in the Lord's will. Is that... Yeah. Makes sense? That's kind of like a tension that I'm comfortable sitting in. Yeah. I I mean, it's hard to come up with other... At least for me, it's hard. I haven't found a way to really settle with it besides that. Hannah, do you have anything to add? No, I think that's great. (laughs) (laughs) The look on her face right now is like, no, no, please don't ask that again. (laughs) I'm I'm still just... That's something I wrestle with. And so I feel like I'm still in the midst of thinking through that and thinking through um yeah just how that works and like like, like we see in our lives that prayer impacts things like it's very mm-hmm. evident things that i've prayed for um that the lord has done and moved and worked in amazing ways and i believe because of what god says about prayer that prayer was a part of that process but yeah but then i have to hold that tension of it's not like god changed his mind or changed his divine will because of what I said. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you use, when you say that it does make me think about the question of, well, did God change his mind then? Mm -hmm. And I think based on my answer, the the answer would be no, like God doesn't change his mind. Like it comes out of nowhere. Like when we change our mind, it's oftentimes because new information comes to light. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as new information to the Lord, mm-hmm. right? He doesn't learn. Um, he, he is the one that, that creates everything and sets everything in motion. Um, so it, I would say it's not a change of the mind, like new information has come across, and so things seem to be reevaluated. It's a, it's a moving of his hands, mm-hmm. right? An intentional moving of his hands that he knew he was going to do, um, but a motivation for doing it is the fact that his saints are praying for it, mm-hmm. um, and it's, it's his heartfelt prayer. It's it's his heartfelt um, desire to um, meet the needs of his saints as well. Yeah, I think we see in Scripture, too, that God is a God who is active and involved in our lives. Um, He isn't just someone that sits up and watches us um, play out life like like a TV show, and he's just watching and waiting for the time to send Jesus back. Like, he is continually working. Um, throughout history and he's still working among his church and his people and so there has to be some way where he is interacting with us I think one of those ways is through prayer yeah and and to take this to some scripture like James 4 2 says you do not have because you do not ask Um, or another Mm. good one to help um, kind of bring this framework together is John 15 7 Um, and it says if you abide in me and my words abide in you ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you um, this is a really um, important, or this is a really cool verse because at first, like first when you hear it, it says, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. But a really important part is the is the phrase right before that it says, and my words abide in you. And that's important because that's saying like, this is like the, like the character of the Lord, you know, his words, it would indicate that you're conforming yourself, you're, you're working to be more like the Lord. And so if you're asking what is of the Lord, what is according to his will, like Cody was talking about, it will come. But it's just like that idea that you, you need to be in a good spot as well. It's uh, it's also good to, that you brought up that scripture, because that does imply, too, that there are certain things the Lord is desiring for you to ask for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, and so it's not just, yeah, the Lord changes mind, quote unquote, and is, and is moving on behalf of what we're asking for. It's that there are certain things he is withholding because we did not ask, right? Now, the word withholding can mean a lot of different things, but essentially, you know, if you're complaining about not having something and you didn't pray for it, it's your fault in the first place for not asking, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there, I see this tension all throughout Scripture. I mean, there's times when Jesus is like, if only you had repented, I would have I would have gathered you in, right? Mm-hmm. Like a mother hen gathers her flock or, or something like... I forget the exact wording, but that's the that's the message behind it. And there's this idea that there's a sincere something that we need to do, and that is played into the Lord's sovereignty somehow. You know, there's a sincere repentance on our behalf, that um, the Lord uh, says, like, if you had done that, I would have responded. And I, I want to take the Lord at his word. I don't want to mm-hmm. try to jump through hoops and make it seem like he was had some deeper meaning or that um, he was being deceitful. Uh, I think when, he, when Jesus said that, it was a s- sincere statement of, um, I would have acted if only you would have ha- had acted. And... Um, that is a hard tension to to live in when the Lord and we think sovereign means like has played everything out, but somehow they come together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good, yeah. I think it goes into the next question a little bit, right? If you, I do. The too. Lord answering prayers that you ask for and stuff. So, so anyway, what is the next question then? Um, I guess it, I should read it. Say you, yeah. you, you're, you would be better. Yeah. All right, I'll read it. Um, I got this in a few weeks ago. Uh, Talking about the Psalms, it says, why does David ask God all the time in Psalms to hear his prayers, like chapter 28? Are there times when God doesn't hear our prayers? Uh, And we'll stop stop there. Are are there times when God doesn't hear them? And and why is David asking for it? Um, So maybe we should just pull up a Psalm real quick. Are you pulling up one? Yeah. All right. Uh, Pull up a Psalm real quick that has an example of that. Um, well, actually, I don't know if this one has an example of that. I, I'm pulling up a psalm um, to help answer that question. Okay, let me pull up psalm. I just, uh, they reference Psalm 28. Yeah. So let me just, just pull that up real quick. Um, mm, verse 2. Yeah, verse mm-hmm. 2 in Psalm 28. Um, this one's of David. And David says, Hear the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cry to you for help, when I lift up my hands toward your most holy sanctuary. And I know we covered actually a few of them in our study as well that, um, that mentions David um, pleading for God. So, but anyway, there's a good example. So what did you have, Regent? So my, my response to that question is I would say that the Lord hears, um, hears your prayers Here's all your prayers, but that doesn't necessarily mean all your prayers are going to be answered in the way you asked for. Um, and Wait, so, so say it again. Sorry, I was. The Lord will hear your all your prayers, but it doesn't necessarily mean that He's going to answer them in the way you asked for. So, like, he, hearing as in, like He is He has heard them, but it doesn't necessarily mean He's going to answer them. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Like, I think so you're not speaking to a vacuum where no one hears you when you're praying. And I, one of the places I'd go to for that is, is Psalm 18, um, in verse six. Um, and it says at the, in the second half of it, it says from his temple, he heard my voice and my cry to him reached his ears. It just talks about how the Lord is hearing him, um, and like getting intimate into the point where it's like getting to his ears. So it's not even like, a his angel came and told me, or my, the angel came and told him, it's like, no, the Lord is 
personally listening to my prayers. Yeah. Well, and I think just in general scope of theology, right, the Lord is always there to, to like, if there was a physical sense, to physically hear you, right? Because his presence is everywhere. Yeah. He is everywhere. There's a sense in which what you say is heard, but that's not what David's asking for. He's not, uh, and, what, and what you're saying is like, he does hear him, but I, I don't think David's asking, uh, I mean, he's, he's not saying like, Lord, hear me as in, please let this voice reach wherever God may be. He is asking for God to like hear it as an answer it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I, think, I think that's ultimately what it comes to. Um, I just wanted to make sure that, you know, it was clear, like, they are heard. It's just a matter of whether or not it's going to be answered and what you're yeah. asking for or not. Um, okay, so, so far we've got uh, the qualifier of, like, the Lord, the Lord te- you know, he hears everything. It's just a matter of whether or not he answers everything. Uh, why, so why is David, let's just get to the first one, why is David asking the Lord to hear them? I think ultimately it's because he knows that God is the one that is able to intercede on his behalf and he's the one that can um, do something about his situation and he's the one um, that is worth crying out to to begin with. And it would be like putting yourself, you know, like humbling himself before the Lord of like, you know, that taking that stance of saying, hear me means that he's not worthy. Like David saying, I'm not worthy of being heard. Um, and putting himself in, you know, a humble position before mm-hmm. the Lord. Yeah, so there's a, a sense, like, you're asking God to, it's a, a cry of desperation, right? Like, mm-hmm. God, hear my prayers because I know you're the only one that can actually answer them. You're the only one that can actually bring to pass my desires of what I'm saying. So that that might be, that that is one of the reasons David is specifically saying that, like, Lord, hear my prayers. Listen to me, even though I'm not worthy to, to be listened to. Uh, I mean, in Psalm 51, he's pleading to God, you know, that, that the Lord would, would blot out his transgressions. So it goes all in that line of mm-hmm. the things David pleads for. But the other part of that question was, are there times, let me, let me read it exactly again. Um, are there times when God doesn't hear our prayers? Um, and I, I think the way this person is asking they don't mean here as in physically. They mean here as in like God won't listen to it. Like that are there times when God doesn't refuses to to respond to our prayers or answers our prayers, right? I think just based on the the question later on they they mentioned First Peter, which I'm going to get into, where it, it says that prayers are hindered. So I think that's what they're thinking about when they're asking mm-hmm. this: is um, you know, is there a sense in which God isn't hearing them, right? Yeah. Does that make sense? I, Hannah, you got to look on your face like that's confusing. No, I'm, pro- I'm processing. Okay. The wheels are turning. Yeah. Um, let me... Let Can you me, read the First Peter passage? Yeah, I'm, I'm about to pull it up. So this is from First Peter. Uh, it's a passage that has to do with husbands and wives. First, uh, First Peter chapter 3, verse 7 says, Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life. And then here's the part, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Definitely implying that your prayers could be hindered Mm -hmm. if you did not do what this passage is saying. Like husbands, if you do not um, live with your wife in an understanding way and, and these things that list, your prayers could be and may be hindered. And 
And uh, Peter is using that as a motivation for why mm-hmm. you shouldn't let it happen. I would say, yes, that does imply and mean that in some way it is possible for your prayers to be hindered, meaning like um, a, a few different options, but one of them implying that the Lord is not listening to them, right? That they are not as powerful as they should be, that they are not as received as well as they should be. That, that is one way to interpret that scripture. Would you, how, how does that resonate with you guys? I agree. Yeah, I think about like we were just in John 15 talking about um, if you abide in me and my word is in you, then you can pray whatever you want. That's a paraphrase. But like I think with that, like if the husbands aren't living up to the standard that is laid out here in First Peter, like they're not abiding in Christ, they're not being obedient to the word. And so it makes sense that their prayers um, would either not be aligned with God's heart anyways. And so um, if it's not aligned with the will of God in his heart, then it's not going to come to fruition to begin with. Yeah, you can pray all you want, but if it's not prayers that are according to God's will, they're not they're not prayers that are Yeah. <laughs> that are worth praying. Yeah. Right? yeah. And and if you aren't actively abiding in Christ, then like your heart won't be in a place where it can even pray things that are aligned with God's heart. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Am I on yeah. the right yeah. of thought? Yeah, and I think that lines up too with um, God opposes the proud, mm-hmm. right? But gives grace to the humble. Uh, maybe one of you can look it up or maybe I I can Google it real quick, but I just reminded of like, I feel like I hear there's a verse that talks about the Lord turning his face away from the proud or turning his ear away. Um, let me, let me see if I can find it while we're talking. I totally agree with that though. And to touch back on James four, two, when I mentioned earlier, you, um, you add, or you don't receive because you do not ask verse three directly following that actually reminds them though, that we don't just get the freedom to ask, um, for everything. And, uh, it says you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. And what part of James is that? Verse three, chapter four, verse three. Okay. Okay. And then four, six is that God opposes the proud, but Mm -hmm. gives grace to the humble. So it's all in that same vein, right? That's what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. And it, and it's the idea that, you know, not praying, not, against the Lord's will won't be answered. Yeah. Um, and, and I do want to say, I've heard another interpretation of this. Actually, uh, in, in a moment, I'd like to talk about resources for people because we're already 26 minutes in. Um, yeah. But I, I heard and asked Pastor John in which he said another interpretation of this uh, that he feels is valid is um, it could very much be that a man's prayers being hindered would literally mean that he's ceasing to pray as much, mm-hmm. that that his desire to pray is being hindered, that he's not doing it um, because he's living out of step with how he should mm-hmm. as a husband and therefore as mm-hmm. someone who's called by God to do those things. He's living outside of what God is calling him to do, um, which was interesting. I had never heard that interpretation, and I don't want to say that that's the number one or the most valid. That's not our point here, but it's. I think it's something to, to think about at least. Would you say, again, processing, because um, we've used both the words like God hearing us and God listening to us. Are those two different things? Like we said that God always hears us, but now we're saying he doesn't always listen to us. Yeah, that's that's what I was, that was the line I was trying to draw was that like physically God always hears you, mm-hmm. right? In the mm-hmm. sense of like, there's never a time when God is like, oh, I didn't hear it. I'm surprised that you said that. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I think the actual question is, are there times that God doesn't hear you? Meaning 
that he doesn't listen to that prayer, that mm-hmm. he that he turns away from it, that he chooses to maybe ignore it or not answer it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and I'd say that I feel like when it says that your prayers are hindered, that's leaning towards that thing. Mm-hmm. I would w- agree. Where like the Lord is choosing not to answer it or he's choosing not to maybe even respond to it. I, I don't, I don't want to sit here and preach that because I don't have a full understanding. I haven't yeah. studied that, but mm-hmm. that's where I'm leaning based on the scripture. And for me, like verses like James four, three and four, six help confirm my leaning towards that as well just because of the result of an incorrect prayer. Yeah. Is, is that answer the question? Yeah, I think so. So I, it, you feel like there's a way that we can evaluate. Cause I think sometimes God answers us with a no, like it isn't, he's not saying no because we're disobedient, but the answer is just, it's just no. no. Yeah. And so how do we, how can we evaluate our lives in our prayer to know, mm. like, is my prayer being hindered? Or is it like a genuinely like good prayer for a good thing? And the answer to that is just no, but he was listening. Yeah, I, I'd say the answer to that is a lot easier than you would think because um, the Lord doesn't want you to sit in unrepentant sin. His mm-hmm. desire is not for you to just sit and not be sanctified. His desire and, and will for your life, like we, we studied in First Thessalonians, right? This is the will of God for your life. Your sanctification is what mm-hmm. it says. And so I'd say if you have um, if you have a prayer that's not being answered and you're trying to discern, is it not being answered because of like it's just a no or because God is refusing to answer it? Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to check your life, right? You need to ask the Lord to reveal to you sin that you are unrepentant of, things like this where you're not you're not lining yourself in line with God's will. And, uh, and I would say God, God is faithful to reveal those things for you, right? Just like mm-hmm. it says, like, if you confess your sins, God is just and faithful to forgive them. Um, because his will for our life is our sanctification to look more like him, to become more like Jesus. Um, it would be outside of his character and nature to refuse to even show you uh, where you're not being like Christ, mm-hmm. you know? And, and now maybe he has shown you and you're even refusing to see that, mm-hmm. but but I would say it's outside the Lord's nature and character to not reveal sin to you. Yeah. So does that answer the, the question? Yeah. But I think it's a hard tension too. Cause like we're also to be like persistent in prayer. Like I'm thinking about George Mueller. He um, is an awesome guy. If you ever want to read about him and he was so faithful to the Lord and he talks about how he prayed for the salvation of his friend's son for something like 58 years, like every mm. day for 58 years before, um, this guy's son finally came to Christ and he was okay. persistent in his prayer. Um, and so, yeah, like how do you know if it's a no and right. when to keep, yeah. or do you just always just keep praying it? Cause something like salvation is something that's yeah. in God's heart. I think that's the part of faith, right? I mean, he had faith that the Lord was going to answer that. And mm-hmm. so he continued through on that faith rather than there being a, like to me, a clear answer of no is if that son died. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wouldn't stop praying for someone's salvation just because they didn't want it in the moment. And so yeah. I think there might be a couple ways that it would clearly be a no, like, like, Hey, the guy's literally not alive anymore to accept Christ. Yeah. Um, like one thing we yeah. have to remember is that the Lord's timing is not always going to be our timing. Mm-hmm. And so, and that, I mean, that doesn't make this easier, but con- uh, consistently praying for something and not receiving an answer 
doesn't guarantee it's a no because his timing is probably, in my experience, it's probably different than what your timing mm. is or what your desire would be for it. Um, but that he would probably reveal the answer of no. Yeah, and I would just say be ever vigilant, right? If you've been praying for something for five years and the Lord hasn't answered it with a yes, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying like, well, Lord, am I doing something that is that is causing me to not pray with your will? Is, mm-hmm. there, is there something that's causing me to walk out of step with what you have for my life? Is there, is there something I'm not fulfilling? And so, um, you know, my, my prayers are being hindered or they're just not lining up with God's will in the first place. And I don't think that's ever a bad question to ask no. because mm-hmm. if the answer is no, Cody, you're doing everything great, then awesome. I'm even more assured and affirmed in my life with Christ. And mm-hmm. if the answer is yes, then great. I'm even more sanctified by allowing, uh, by, by working on that and seeing the Lord mm-hmm. work in it. So it's never a bad question to be like, wait a minute, why isn't this being answered right now? Yeah. And, and you know, that's the beautiful thing about being in a relationship with the Lord is that oftentimes he answers those things. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're like, Lord, I've been praying for 10 years for this. Why isn't this happening? Uh, if you're walking with the Lord there, oftentimes he's just faithful to answer you in that. Like, yeah. well, here's why, here's yeah. why, because I want you to keep on praying because, mm-hmm. because the time isn't here yet or because of your sin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he'll probably use like his word or the church or, or time in prayer to answer yeah. that for you. The, the people of God, the word of God, yeah. the spirit of God, right? All these, mm-hmm. the, the things, the, the stool Pastor Rob talks about, yeah. um, which we can talk about another time, but good. I mean, we are 34 minutes in, it says on the recorder. We got a new recorder. We got new podcast stuff. It's so, so cool. Fancy. It's so much fun. I, yeah, we'll see how it sounds after we're done recording, but it sounds good to me right now. Um, all right, I, I think we should sort of wrap up there, mm-hmm. but I want to spend just a couple minutes um, talking about any resources that, that we can mention to them as to how we they can begin looking at these answers more. And I'd say, uh, obviously, your Bible. Um, and then I would go the next level of a, a study Bible, a mm-hmm. trusted study Bible. I would start with, um, this is, I would start with the ESV study Bible. Mm-hmm. It's very, um, it's, uh, it's safe, right? It's, they don't say things they're not certain of, um, Wayne Grudem is the editor, and he wrote this amazing systematic theology. Uh, he's the general editor of the ESV Study Bible. Um, so that's a really safe place to start. Guys, what are other resources that, that are trustworthy? Um, one I go to often is Desiring God um, or the Gospel Coalition. Uh, they, they just put out some really good articles and excerpts. There's like podcast transcripts. Um, Sometimes there's like training courses you could do if you want to. I personally haven't done one of those training courses, but I know the Gospel Coalition has them. Mm-hmm. Um, and another one actually that I enjoy is gotquestions.org. Um, it's a great one to get a start into some uh, of the questions you have. It usually does a pretty good job of giving you some scripture to go to to help address that question. It, it has an answer typically, um, but it also provides resources on where to go in scripture to help build out that answer or help you come to a conclusion. That's good. That's good. Do you have any ones to add to that? Those Hannah? are all the main ones I use, but I think also like we're modeling here, like to be in conversation with people, I think is such a good way to learn and such a good resource. Like that's why we encourage discipleship and why we encourage our community groups and Bible studies is to um, use other people to help stimulate the questions in your mind and then to look for yeah. uh, answers together. 
Yeah. And, and one of the things that I absolutely love about our senior pastor here at Quorum Deo is that these things are on his mind. He really cares about them. And so he has taken uh, careful practice over the last you know, 16, 17 years that we've been here to make sure that he allows um, anything he's preached on to be a resource to our mm-hmm. people. So if, if you want to hear a message on it, particularly from, from our pastor um, and what our church believes, you can go on our website and you can type in uh, keyword topics, you can type in scripture passages, and you can see over the last you know decade and a half um, if Pastor Rob has preached on it or if he's written an article on it. Um, and I, I encourage you to to do that. I mean, he's he's touched so many different yeah. topics throughout that. Um, and if you can't find it, you can email. You can even email uh, Pastor Rob. It's uh, I, I believe it's just uh, Rob Rob W at mm-hmm. cdbible.org. You can email him. And those are the kind of answers that I know he loves to make sure that you have. Uh, you can email us as well. Um, otherwise, like Pastor Rob's manuscripts are even typed up and written there. So even if you don't have time to watch the video, you can glance through his manuscript. It's yeah. There's not many churches that do that. So I, I suggest you take advantage of that. Um, and same thing with like Desiring God. They have podcasts. They have articles. They have videos. They have mm-hmm. a cool YouTube channel. I mean, there's so many different things. So start with those. Um, I, I think that's where I that's where I would start as well. Yeah. Um, Bible, I'd say Bible, your church, and then study Bible. Then you know, like yeah. like probably prioritize the things that are closest to just being God's word mm-hmm. and and the the church that you're connected to, and then slowly add from there with safe things like yeah. desiring God and the Gospel Coalition and stuff like that. Good, sweet. Okay, well. I think that's going to do it for us today. I just want to say thank you so much for uh, such a fantastic summer of Mm -hmm. uh, being with us, asking questions. If you have any further follow-up to this, you are more than welcome to just reach out. Um, You can send an email to me, CodyR at cdbible.org. Otherwise, um, we'll see you in a couple weeks on the brand new podcast channel, Centered, Committed, Confident. And certainly we'll see you over the next few weeks as we finish up our time uh, as the summer and the Psalms end and we end our, our summertime and head into our Thursday night kickoffs coming up, uh, coming at the beginning of September, right? Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Thanks, guys. Just remember that you are loved. <laughs>